Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Modern UX Designer. This is episode 7. I'm your host as usual, Faramai Henry. And in today's episode, I am interviewing a person who is doing some great work in the voice design sprint space, uh, Mikey Coppins. Uh, so enjoy the show. Quick intro about you before we jump right into uh, the conversation of the day uh, today, which is uh, voice design sprints. Um, we just want to give people an introduction really to what they are and what is the difference uh, uh, between them and you know the normal product design sprint that we have. But before we jump into that, I just wanted to introduce you to my listeners, uh, tell them a little bit about yourself and what you do. Okay, well, uh, my name is Maike Koppens. Um, I am a voice UX designer and design sprint facilitator. Uh, I'm originally from Belgium, but I've been enjoying the South of France life for over a decade now. Um, well, actually, uh, once upon a time, in the midst of the vineyards, I met my husband, and uh, so I moved to France, but that's a story for a different day. Uh, in everyday real life, what I do most is facilitate voice design sprints. Um, so what is it in a nutshell? So it's design sprints meeting serious games meeting voice technology. And um, basically, um, I took well, the framework from the original Google design sprint um, and um, I found that using uh, that framework was really useful. However, I still found that companies didn't really get what voice technology uh, could do for them uh, when using just a regular framework. So uh, I designed some voice serious games around that so they could really apprehend the voice technology all while doing a design sprint, all while starting to uh, like implement and create their vision around voice. Uh, so yeah, I'm really passionate about screenless interfaces and, how, and specifically how we can use them to make the world a better place. Uh, so did you sort of like evolve from the, from the traditional uh, design sprint space into voice or have you always been more focused on doing uh, voice solutions for, for, for your clients? Uh, so, so basically in the way back when I was a UX designer doing mostly mobile apps uh, and web design um, but then when everything that is conversational so chatbots and voice came around the corner I got really really excited about that because I could see all the potential there was in not having screens all the societal potential also the fact that people coming back together having conversations I found that really really inspiring and um, I have an, an um, so I have an academic path that is in linguistics. So basically, everything that was about voice um, and everything that was conversational kind of tied into my two passions, which is UX design, facilitation, and uh, and voice. So yeah, when when voice became like a very a bigger thing, uh, I decided to really specialize in voice, and then. When I like a lot of people were work, asking me for workshops, and so I thought, okay, well, what is the best way for um, 
companies to be able to learn about voice technology, what it can do for them, elaborate their strategy, build a prototype, test and learn. And I said, well, the best framework, obviously, for doing all of that in a very short period <coughs> is the design sprint. And so I started experimenting and uh, I have been doing so for a couple of years now. Uh, and so little by a little, I added these serious games uh, to, to make like up for the framework that I'm using constantly now, uh, which, uh, yeah, which has a lot of uh, <coughs> like more interactive sessions uh, in it than, than really writing things up because voice is about having for a conversation. So there is no better way to actually uh, know what it will sound like than actually role-playing it. So uh, role-play and serious games have a very big, like a big, play a big role in, in the way I do voice design scripts. So let's jump into the main main part because the most of the people that listen to this podcast or the people that follow me on any platform really uh, probably know what design sprints are and they know how that world works. Uh, what is the big difference or can I say, you know, what makes the difference between product design sprints and voice design sprints that you do? Uh, well, first of all, there is uh, the, the first big difference is that um, it focuses on voice. It's not just any product. Like it doesn't, it doesn't say, oh, we can like do mobile or we'll do this and that. It's directly focused on voice. And the reason why that is, um, is because um, the companies I worked with were specifically asking about voice, as it is supposed to be like the new next big thing. They're all really anxious to start doing something but they don't really know how to get there how to start uh, so that's the first big difference so it's not like it's really voice specific um, then the second big difference uh, with a regular product design sprint is that is it that we have loads and loads of conversations um, and um, so it it's basically all this it's basically all the same steps as a regular design sprint with the big difference is that uh, the serious games i was talking about they help build awareness around the human elements that have to be taken in account uh, when you design for voice um, also there is a big part on the first uh, day or the first step of the sprint that really, really focuses on what is voice technology, what are the challenges that are uh, need, that you need to be aware of with this technology. User insights around voice as well. Um, how, how are people adopting voice? What, what are some things they are liking, not liking about it? So there's quite a bit of research and um, sharing knowledge that goes around um, the specific voice technology that goes into the first uh, part of the sprint uh, because as this is a new technology and there is not 10,000 billion designers that really know how to design for a voice yet that it's really important that you get this uh, first part right because voices uh, and, and artificial intelligence are often like mixed up between them um, 
and which which makes for the fact that people have like very high expectations when you start out um, talking to companies uh, for what they can do with voice. They, they imagine these uh, wonderful scenarios where everything goes right and they have these amazing conversations, uh, these amazing marketing conversations with their uh, with clients at scale. Uh, and then, then you kind of need to make sure that in a very uh, practical way they understand that it's not about uh, that if you don't design it right or if you don't have the necessary technical uh, like resources you'll you'll not you'll not be able to have this wonderful intelligent conversation because that's that that's a lot of uh, that, that has a lot a lot to do with the fact that we that artificial intelligence and voice have been like really hyped and people really confound both of them and they think it's the same thing and therefore they think you just like say okay I want to do a voice app uh, and wow the thing is going to understand everything every single user says like magic magically understand it right so yeah. um, so so basically um, so a big difference with regular product design uh, is that uh, there's a lot of educational um, info uh, that goes into the first understanding bit of the sprint um, and to make sure that this understanding bit is not just one person delivering his or her knowledge or it's not just um, just saying whatever research uh, exists on on that particular topic. Um, that's why uh, the serious games, like one serious game um, I've designed, which I'm I'm really like I'm. It's always a, a big success, and I use it as an icebreaker as well, uh, which I then build upon. is called speech dating, uh, and actually, it's like a speed dating. <laughs> So uh, participants get to know each other or get to talk about their weekends, but with um, one difficulty, they have a card, and on this card, um, they have a constraint. So one constraint could be, for example, um, saying nothing, which is the most horrible card, which is in the like <laughs> in the pack. <laughs> yeah, uh, I can imagine. But. Um, all these constraints are things that happen when uh, with with voice design. So sometimes you've designed a conversation and the user just goes blank. He's just gone away, or like, or he's silent because he doesn't know what to answer. So, mm. so this this is kind of an icebreaker I use because it breaks the ice. It's really funny. People get really weird conversations, but they also realize, oh my God, it's so difficult to have a fluent conversation, even in real life. Um, if you have to take into account like specific challenges or constraints. And um, then from there on out, from, there, from, from those cards, we kind of build on the momentum to say, okay, what did, how did you feel about the conversation you had? What were some difficulties you had? And then you can like start talking about, okay, it's not just um, designing a conversation, a happy path, as um, a, a lot of uh, voice designers call it. Uh, and then everything will just smoothly run. It's, yeah. it's also designing for every single 
for the parts that break as well. Yes, exactly. It, and I, and I, I personally feel that designing for uh, voice solutions is more about designing edge cases than it is about designing uh, a happy pass. Because yeah. conversation is so very, very different uh, from uh, screen-driven um, interfaces. Uh, and it's also so very different even if you have a screen dri uh, driven like multimodal interface. The fact mm. is, is that you are asking people to converse, so to talk. And um, talking comes naturally to us and we all have a very specific, like a bit unlike our and, uh, DNA, we have a very like, personal way of uh, talking. Everyone has its proper vocabulary, uh, personal, and then within our family um, unit, uh, within our friends unit, our vocabulary changes, uh, our tone of voice changes. Uh, some people have uh, diff uh, difficulties of speech. Um, some people have hearing uh, deficiencies. So. It's really, really a complicated thing uh, just to say if you want to make an inclusive design that makes an impact. It's, it's really very, very important to understand exactly what uh, all the challenges and also all the possibilities are about. So yeah, mm. so, so, so I would say uh, I would heavily emphasize the fact that the understanding step, so the first uh, day of the the design sprint is quite different than um, than a regular product design sprint. Okay. Um, then in the in the second uh, in the second bit, so which is more about the defining, um, it's about the same thing in this fact in the sense that you also start making the decisions. You get your the team is normally aligned after the day one. Um, but um, one difference here is that we uh, interest, we take an interest in tone of voice. So whereas with the regular uh, design sprint, you uh, in day two you just like define what the interactions would be about, what the product is about, uh, what the use cases we will address, what will be the user journey. Um, whereas with a voice design sprint, you have to also think about okay. Uh, what is the personality going to be of this um, system the user is going to interact with? Does it even have a personality? Okay, that's what you mean by tone of voice. You well, there's personality and there's tone of voice. Okay. okay. Um, personality is um, everything that has to do with uh, character, right? Okay. Whereas tone of voice is... Uh, more in line with the content so it's 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 um i would say personality is who says it and tone of voice is how does oh. how does he she it say it makes sense um so so yeah some some questions that needs address that are addressed in the second uh part is Exactly that. Uh, how how are we going to like? How are we going to express ourselves? What will we say and how? Um, what about like small talk? Should and how like if users uh, start uh, like if users start bad mouthing, for example, the system? How are we going to react? 
and now we're going to make it formal, informal. And so, so yeah, so these are uh, things that people like businesses are very wary of because it's 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 going to impact their brand and their brand image in a very concrete way um, because everything that is voice related everything that is conversation related has a an emotional impact on users uh, that is profound because when you start talking when it's 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 very very human to converse actually uh, yeah. and uh, and so it leaves a big emotional impact um, when when you're interacting uh, it it like it react emotional reactions are quite vivid to certain things um, and yeah and then obviously so what we what, what we do is we have uh, uh, exercises that are called tone sorting where you kind of have cards with different tone of voices and they then like sort the fact of okay this we feel that this is good for uh, the for the use case this is not good etc 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 they decide whether or not the system is going to have a name or not um, and then uh, what also different very different with like regular product um, design sprint is that obviously because there is no uh, interface like there there is an interface the voice is the interface right but because there is no screen that's what I mean sorry um, so jump in there is it is it always the case though that you whenever you are prototyping for voice it's exclusively voice and you don't really have a UI to accompany the voice um, it is it depends. Sometimes it, there is a multimodal um, element, uh, but that is uh, that is rare. Well, well, it's rare at this point in time. I would say a lot of companies I work with are mainly focused on just voice. Um, there is obviously the UI uh, for the Google Assistant, for example. Um, but um, I work from a very voice-first uh, perspective uh, in that uh, on, on the voice design sprint I focus mainly on the voice interactions and then the UI that goes with it comes next when we are prototyping. That's to say we first prototype the conversation and then we look at what screens would be useful to add. Um, or to have as a support, or what should we make? What what should we keep on the UI, uh, and uh, what should we just keep uh, voice related? Um, but yeah, that's that's how we see things, and we like because we are voice first. Um, okay. Obviously, there are other like design sprints out there. There's an, the AI design sprint, which I find really really interesting. Um, which uh, which helps companies decide where how the AI interaction is going to be. Is it going to be a chatbot? Is it going to be voice? Is it going to be with a screen? Is it going to be well? Uh, you should you should, you should have a talk with people from the AI design sprint, by the way. So um, where we were at. So yeah, and so what the big difference here is is that obviously um, you're not going to start sketching out. The screens doing crazy apes um, because while in most cases you we because we are voice first it's going to be about conversation so uh, there is a lot of lot of role play going on um, 
So in 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 the defining stage, a defining stage, uh, it's it's really all about like having those conversations, having those dialogues, writing up some sample dialogues, and then playing them out. Uh, also doing a lot of improvisational dialogues, like seeing okay if if I was totally unprepared as any user when he starts interacting with a voice uh, application, they just say okay. Uh, Google talk to this brand or Alexa open this skill and then they just first time use they just like find out they need to improvise themselves so like they need to they find out what it's all about and they only have eight seconds to kind of think about what they're going to say formulate their response so so yeah so there, there's a lot of dialoguing going on, and at the end of the step two, what, what's the outcome of all of those conversations that are had? Uh, so little by little, we start from a very improvised conversation, like, okay, this is how it could go. And then, okay. then second step is we make the conversation more, more difficult because we add a constraint. We say, okay. Okay, but what if the user now asks for help at this point, for example? Okay, and so we add on until at the end of the day we have a conversational logic ready to be prototyped. Okay, that sounds great. So you spoke a lot about, you know, the importance of the first day and highlighting the limitations around uh, voice as a whole, you know, uh, as, mm -hmm. a, as a way to interact. What are some of the most common um limitations that you you usually run um into when you're running voice design sprints it's not about it's not it's mostly it's not only about like the limitations of on the technical on the technical side um it's also it's mainly related to people's expectations and understanding of uh things like uh mental charge for example uh on things and like two things that i always run into is the fact that a lot of um teams out there they think okay we have all this content because we do been doing web app whatever since forever we have this amazing database so let's just plug apis uh and like put the exact same experience into voice, voice. but uh, obviously it never like it never really works that way uh, because um, the audio uh, memory of users is a lot shorter uh, when hearing things than when actually seeing things um, the decision-making process has to be a lot more quicker, um, but and and those are things that are actually um, really important, and I, I find them I, every single time when I whether it's doing a voice design sprint, whether it's just doing a workshop, whether it's just talking uh, about voice design, uh, I find that. Uh, it's not always apprehended and um, that you need to like shorten the content for it be to become digestible in audio format um, 
it's a conversation it's not a monologue mm. so um so yeah that's that's a challenge that i find really interesting and that i find companies sometimes have a hard time um dealing with uh, because they have these content databases they have this uh, screen related legacy that is just huge and that is um that is like that is great to have all this content but there is a, a huge challenge in how to actually uh, make sure uh, that this content is voice ready and um, and it like it takes a bit of time and it takes a bit of thinking and resources to kind of like make this shift all right cool that that makes sense and and how do you deal with the the I'm sure those conversations come up most of the time whenever voice is around. How do you deal with uh, when the AI and the and the language, uh, the natural languaging processing conversations start to happen? I understand that um, you're doing a design sprint and you're coming up with a prototype that you want to validate, but I'm sure these conversations do start coming up. Like, how do we use AI on this, and how do we, you know, deal with uh, natural natural language processing? And different languages as well. How do you deal with with those type of challenges? So, um, two, there's two like actually two main things in your question. Uh, the first thing that I would address is everything that is AI, NLP, NLU related. Um, it's part of uh, next steps. Uh, it's part of actually the roadmap. And so, how do I deal with it? Is there's two things. First of all, is I always put in place what I call an ice box, uh, where people can post their questions throughout the sprint, uh, whenever they come up, uh, and we address them uh, in the final step. Um, so uh, we address this, all of this in when we start like putting out the roadmap for things to come. Because what I always do is I, I don't just do a voice design sprint and then say, okay, goodbye, you now have a prototype and you can go on with your lives. Uh, <laughs> basically, at, at the end of the last day, we have a, a very like important conversation, which is, okay, what is now your roadmap? And in that roadmap, okay, you need to be thinking about AI, NLP, NLU, which ones you are going to use. Uh, and and so I give uh, some pointers on what my personal experience is, what other are doing, obviously. Uh, so, so yeah, um, I also have, and that's the second part, I always make sure, and because I find it very, very important for voice design sprints, I always make sure that they have, when we, cons- when we, make, when we make the design sprint team happen, uh, I always make sure that there is a developer uh, or an, an, a, a computer science engineer uh, with us on the team um, because it's, it's really important to get them on board from the get-go and they can also uh, kind of give pointers on what is possible and what is not possible throughout the, throughout the sprint actually, so yeah. Cool. And, and, and the second part, which is about internationalization, that is a very important topic, which is dear to my heart because I've been like all over. <laughs> I've lived in England, in Germany. Uh, I speak about seven languages, so I'm really all about internationalization uh, because of the linguistics. 
obviously also. <laughs> um, and so um, there is two ways to go about internationalization and I would say that one has my preference. Uh, you can uh, rely on automatic translation. Um, but what you will not be uh, transposing and which is so very important in voice design is exactly the, fact, the thing that we talk about in the second day which is the tone of voice because you can literally translate anything using a uh, automatic translation motor uh, but what you can't like convey is the personality of the system and the tone of voice which is yeah. so so very important to create that conversational link with the user um, so, so so that's that's one one way to go about it and the second way which is has my uh, absolute preference um, is that you uh, really transcreate the voice experience with uh, native speakers for each language. So it's you need a bit more resource to do it, um, but I would say that the ROI is really uh, so much more important yeah. because of because of that tone of voice bit, which is exactly. so inherently important to voice experiences makes sense so you're able to really trans translate not only the language but the tone of voice and the, exactly. and the personality of the brand be, as well yes, you need to be able to convey the same experience yes uh, that that makes total sense okay cool so what are some of the you know uh, most um use cases and and I, I wanted to say practical use cases of voice uh, because I think majority of people voice is still new to to a lot of us especially here in South Africa and when we think about it we we're really looking at you know a voice assistant um, you know setting up time and doing sort of like those basic tasks what are some of the most um, practical use cases you've you found where, where voice works and actually is out of you know the ordinary of you know just creating uh, tasks with our with our voice assistants I think it's really important to be super honest about uh, about where voice stands today uh, and as you say a lot of the adoption still here in Europe as well is all about timers, it's all about music, it's all about what is the weather. It, and, I, and I think the, the power of voice is exactly that. The power of voice is exactly simple use cases, straight to the point, on the go information bits, micro, micro bits of information actually. Um, because there is still some awkwardness um, some perceived awkwardness uh, when people talk to their phones on the go uh, or when uh, they're talking to a uh, smart speaker for example um, so so I think users still need to get comfortable with the fact of having a longer conversation um, we like as today um, we are very comfortable sitting hours and hours in front of our smartphone and scrolling through our social media feed. However, um, talking to a uh, system for uh, hours
hours on end is still a bit perceived differently and I think it's also related to historically people that talk to themselves were considered crazy so perhaps that's kind of where the where the awkwardness comes from historically but anyway um, so uh, I think a lot of people uh, out there are still figuring out what the right use case uh, would be I find that successful use cases that I've seen go straight to the point uh, ask very little um, ask very little mental effort on the users uh, so um, just asking for directions while giving uh, very few information about where you are um, it's one of the use cases that work really well games work really well as well and I think that uh, where everything that's a bit gamified is actually a, a good idea uh, because uh, voice is all about having conversations and bringing people back together uh, and games really have have this thing to, to kind of bring people back together doing multiplayer things around voice is really really interesting uh, anything that helps the user do something uh, that he isn't a in a very rapid manner that he isn't able to do uh, with regular interfaces today um, as rapidly because uh, we did, this kind of comes back to transposing your current mobile app or your current web experience into a voice experience. Um, habits are hard to change and if people, if users are accustomed to doing, uh, to accomplishing a task using their mobile app, they will not just magically start doing it by voice if they don't see any inherent advantage to doing it more quickly, for example, through voice. Um, so, so yeah, so I would say simple use cases, getting things on in no more than three, four interactions, that are definitely use cases that work really well. Um, games, finding things near you, uh, finding a store near you, finding a uh, somewhere uh, nearby drive, uh, purchasing stuff is still a bit-ish mm, because um, there's a the trust issue that still needs to kind of be cracked. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, anything that makes life easier and quicker because uh, time, like every single user test I do, when you ask people, okay, what would make you uh, use voice over any other like interface and say oh if I could if it if, if it helps me gain time mm. if I can do it more quickly um, that this would be interesting or useful because oh yeah sure I could, like this would help me gain time or I would win time with this and so I have a feeling that today time is like the main thing that you can offer uh, as a business uh, or as a designer to people because that's like the, cur the currency at, at the moment is time and how to have more of it to do more of what we want. Definitely. So I have to ask you this. Um, do you think voice is 
one of the biggest thing um, in 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 the future and how we're going to be interacting with devices. I should hope so, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yes, um, I'm very, I'm convinced. I'm con- totally convinced of it. Um, uh, and I say I should hope so because I really really uh, think that even from a human point of view, we need to start having more conversations, whether it's human-human or human system. Um, I think a lot of screen technology has been isolating um, ourselves with ourselves. And even what we can, like if the internet allows you to connect with people all over the world, like you and me, we wouldn't know each other if it wasn't for the internet, wasn't for our screen. Um, However, I do, I like, I do feel that even if you're behind a screen, you're more isolated than we were before living in villages and, and uh, looking out for each other rather than looking at our screens. So yeah. I, I have big hopes for voice and I really do think that because it's so much more natural and then because it helps people to gain time uh, if, when, if and when designed right. Um, that it will be a very big thing. I think it will evolve, uh, and it, I think there's still some challenges ahead. Like if we have 10,000 voice assistants, how will that work? Like which one will reply when we give a command? If every single one of our devices uh, is voice-driven, um, like how will it work? And then there's actually in in one of the Return to the Future uh, films which you probably only know if you were if you had, if you had your teenage years in the 80s, 90s. Um, yeah, sort of exposing people's ages there. Yeah, sort of. Um, but if, if, like, if, if you were younger and you haven't seen the Return of the Future films, do check them out because they're really interesting from a uh, even a designer's perspective on how people used to see where we would be at into 2018 or 2020 um, yeah. and so uh, so yeah and the, one of the scenes has um, the entire family sitting at the dinner table and so one of them like talks to the microwave oven to get a pizza dehydrated because we're obviously all eating uh, dehydrated food by, by now uh, <laughs> and uh, then someone asks and then someone else it has a VR uh, glasses on and is playing games uh, all the while asking for uh, another voice assistant for another thing. And you kind of see the, uh, the cacophony, the chaos of everyone interacting with different voice assistants. And it's just, it's crazy. But actually, like this is something to be, uh, it was a bit visionary at the time because yeah. this is something to be aware of. Like, how are we going to, um, how are we going to manage all these talking and listening devices? Um, and, and, and how are we going to make it easy for the user to not have to remember, uh, like, to do this particular task? I need to ask. Alexa to open this skill and to do this task, I need to ask her to open this skill and how am I ever going to remember every single skill of everything that I want to do? Uh, and if every device has a name, like then I have to remember and, and it's it's really, really an interesting time now. Um, because and that's also why I feel uh, 
voice design sprints are so interesting to think about voice strategy uh, is how can we make sure uh, that this new interface not becomes not a burden but a real enabler um, and uh, and yeah so so I think my main challenges in life is how might we uh, use voice technology to enable people to live more efficient and better lives. That sounds awesome. Um, okay, I don't want to take more of your time and also just being cautious of how long this podcast is going to be. Uh, where do people find you online? Okay, so um, I'll be providing you with links so that you can put them like in the podcast description. But uh, basically, you can mainly find me on LinkedIn, uh, is where I am like most uh, proficient with everything that is content. Uh, I'd be happy to connect with anyone that wants to learn about voice design sprints. I really love sharing about what I do. Um, and you can also find me on the interweb uh, at www.m, like Micah, okay. Creations.io, but yeah, and on Twitter as well. As well. All right, cool. I will definitely put the the links in oh, the description. Well. Oh my god, I'm everywhere. So annoying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I really appreciate it. Um, please check out Mikey's website and where you can find her on social media. I've added the links in the description wherever you listen to your podcast, uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast. Uh, please do join Design Sprint SA. Uh, it's a community that I'm trying to build within South Africa for people who are interested in Design Sprints and any other stuff that is product design related really is not, you know, mainly about design sprints, but I would like to encourage the design sprint conversation more in these communities. So please do join Design Sprint Essay on Facebook and LinkedIn. That's where I have the groups. But you can follow the hashtag Design Sprint Essay on any social media that you are on really. Uh, where When we're creating content, we usually use that hashtag just, you know, to keep everybody in the loop of what we're doing. And uh, look out for my upcoming events on my speaking page on faramahenry.com. I'll be doing a couple of speaking engagements. So if you're in the Cape Town or Johannesburg area, I'll be happy to meet you in one of these um, speaking events. So yeah, see you there. And until next episode, cheers.